Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the Retirement Playbook. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we've got our star in the show, and that's Mr. Brian Spicer of Spicer Wealth Management, and he's jumping aboard with us for another wealth management discussion. That's what we tackle here on the show, and boy, do we have a good topic for you guys. This is a conversation that Brian is having a lot with his clients, uh, you know, and prospects out there. It's just such an important topic when, you know, looking at the greater wealth management picture these days. And to frame things up for you before we bring Brian on and get really into today's discussion, you know, being wealthy, being successful, it's great in so many ways, right? But it can put a target on your back for some frivolous lawsuits down the road. So today we're going to be diving into the really the realm that is asset protection planning and how it can be leveraged to better safeguard your wealth. So with that in mind, we're going to be exploring some different foundational asset protection strategies that exist today, as well as some next level strategies that Brian's discussing with a lot of his clients over at Spicer Wealth Management. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Brian aboard and get right into it. Brian's good to see you this morning. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, Ryan. Good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. I always look forward to getting together at the end. And we've got a, a good conversation today, a really important one, asset protection. Man, I mean, it's a conversation that I know is at the forefront of so many business owners and uh, you know affluent families and individuals, the front, forefront of their minds. Uh, Brian, let's start high level like we typically do here on the show and dive into this concept of asset protection planning. Let's start with what is it and who needs it, Brian? Well, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the more people perceive you to have, the more likely you're going to have that target on your back for a suit of any kind, because in this litigious society, it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, people want to get free stuff and they, they think they can get it from you. And unfortunately, in our court system, I can allege you did anything. The problem is you've got to defend yourself and prove that you didn't do it. It's not the proponents on me to prove it if the proponents is on you that you didn't and you know unfortunately with business owners the you know the more successful you are the more you're apt to have a suit thrown against you whether it has merit or not and and be able to be able to protect your assets properly and so with a lot of our business owners and and even a lot of our individual clients that that have run successful businesses we're into that topic of asset protection because we want to make sure that the monies that you've worked so hard to accumulate are protected from some unforeseen event. And, and a, a frivolous lawsuit or an, a legitimate lawsuit may take that money away from you. And you want to make sure that they can only get limited resources from you. Of course. So, I mean, and to boil it down a little further, Brian, I think ultimately at the end of the day, the message that we're getting across here with asset protection is that the idea of asset protection is really all about just sending out this message that any unfounded lawsuit in the first place is likely to fail. Am I correct in saying that? That's correct. I mean, you, you want to build a wall around your wealth so that if there is a, a potential suit, that that potential litigant is actually looking at those assets and saying, man, this is going to be difficult for me to accomplish what I need. And, and proper asset protection is putting up a wall again around your assets so that that litigant is going to say, whoa, wait a minute, I, I, I'm going to have to go through a lot of steps to be able to get this. 
maybe it's worth me just settling pennies on the dollar, or maybe it's worth me just throwing up my hands and going away. But you want to truly protect the assets that you've worked so hard for. You don't want them to go away unjustly. And, and that's what the whole topic of asset protection is about. Yeah. I mean, you, you pour your life's work into your business and, uh, you know, I mean, decades upon decades, maybe in some instances, and to see, uh, to see a lawsuit challenge some of that wealth that you worked so hard for, boy, is that a, a tough, you know, tough topic to really, uh, you know, address. So sure. Brian, in your, in, you know, in your conversations, in your work with affluent families, business owners, so on, do you find that most successful people are recognizing the need for asset protection first and foremost, but then they're also taking those proper steps to build that proverbial wall around their wealth that you mentioned? Well, it's actually kind of a double-edged sword because we find that a lot of people, a lot of successful business owners know that in that industry, they're having a lot of litigation going on with a lot of their competitors and so forth. And they're aware of those risks. But the, the unfortunate part is most of them, when we get into the weeds, haven't done a proper job of putting a wealth protection plan in place for themselves to make sure that their assets are protected properly. And, and there's many steps that we go through in, in providing them a true, properly designed asset protection plan that's specifically for them to be able to protect those assets from that litigation. Uh, we find, you know, a lot of people are concerned with, you know, hey, my business may be taken away from me, or I may have, have you know, a lot of my assets taken away because of, uh, of an unfounded divorce situation, you know, and, and you want to make sure that those discussions are done properly and the assets are protected before that situation occurs. You know, you can't, uh, with the way our court society is, there's this legal concept called uh, fraudulent conveyance, where, you know, once the suit occurs, you can't go back and, and transfer something out of out of your name and, and try to protect it. it you know, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be allowed. Um, it'll be unwound and, and brought back in. So, you know, it's, it's better to do the research ahead of time and make sure you've dotted your I's, crossed your T's, worked with the right professionals to be able to make sure that the asset protection plan is in place and it will work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds to me also like it's just more action needs to be happening from a lot of business owners and, you know, those affluent families and individuals out there. But Brian, let's let's start getting into the weeds a little bit of today's sure. conversation. How would you say that successful people, business owners, families, you name it, how should they start the process really of getting asset protection strategies in place? I mean, we always say starting's the hardest part. That first step forward is the hardest part. How would you say they should start? Well, the first thing is, is, is to make sure that you're working with a, a proper professional that has the, the expertise and to be able to analyze all of the exposures that you have as a business owner or, or as a person to be able to determine, are you, is your, if you have a plan, is it as thorough as it needs to be? Or let's start talking about, let's review the different tools that you have in place currently and be able to get into the weeds to say, based upon your exposures, this may happen, this may happen, how, how which policy would be appropriate for you to, to utilize? 
and you know, looking at your auto, your home, your umbrella, your life, your your long-term care. An easy thing very quickly to, to do for most business owners is buying a catastrophic, what we call a catastrophic excess liability policy, or sometimes called an umbrella policy because it umbrellas all of your underlying liability coverages uh, and says, hey, if your underlying policy is X, we're going to put another million, two million or five million or 20 million on top of that. Um, and it's a nice way to basically keep somebody out of your pockets in case that litigant is successful in their action against you. Uh, so that usually the that's kind of the easiest first step is just going in and looking at an excess liability policy. We find most people don't have that coverage. And I used to be an insurance agent many, many years ago. And, and it's interesting because it's the least expensive and most important protection that you can provide for somebody. And, you know, and most of the time, when you talk about from a personal standpoint, the things that are catastrophic in nature, like sliding on ice and, and creating a five-car pileup or, you know, going off the road and hitting a bridge abutment, you know, you don't go out and get up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to go out and, and slide on ice today. You don't go out and say, I'm going to, I'm going to kill five people. But yet those are the things that could occur. Or we, I had a guy that actually had a late model car, well-maintained, was going around the inter going around the interstate, and he saw a quarter of a mile up the road that everything was dead stop. He hit his brakes, nothing happened. It went to the floor. Hit a man, thirty five years old, wife, two kids. He's making thirty five thousand a year. Unfortunately, the guy that he hit, we turned into a quadriplegic. We've been better from a math standpoint, turning him. And, and killing him. But unfortunately, this guy's never going to work another day in his life. So what, what's this claim worth? It's at least two and a half million dollars. The guy's making 35,000 a year times 30 years. That's, you know, that money goes in the bucket. You know, he's never going to contribute to his 401k plan. That money goes into this bucket. You know, then he's got, you know, the things he did around the house, he's got to pay people to do. Mm, I mean, man. it's, you, you wheel the guy into court and it's over, you know, yeah. so it's, it, 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 and, and, and that, you know, maybe five years, 10 years from now, we'll get GM or Ford to buy that claim. But bottom line is you own the car, you're responsible for that, that injury. Boom, there you go. Yeah. And, yeah. and oh that, that's a good example of a catastrophic liability policy coming into play to cover that. Yeah. So you mentioned that liability policy and uh, let's, let's start shifting into some of those strategies, particularly uh, kind of sure. my sixth, my sixth question, if you will, Brian, what, what would you say some of, um, you know, what are some additional foundational strategies that you find might need to happen? And then maybe we can start working into maybe some of the next level strategies, even that you're, you're well, relaying to clients out there. You know, as we talked about, you want to look at your auto home, your umbrella, your life, your health, you know, you want to look at your directors and officers coverage, your professional liability, your errors and emissions to be able to see if there's any holes in those policies. You want to look at situations where you're using things like state exemptions like Homestead or, you know, using cash value life insurance or annuities or retirement accounts to help position your wealth a little bit differently so that those assets couldn't be taken away or would be subject to that suit. Uh, you can consider various forms of ownership of your business. You know, you can you can do different things to get things out of your name, uh, whether it be from a business or personal standpoint. You know, we talked about putting 
titling assets in the name of your spouse as an example. But, you know, just like that litigation situation, if you're if your marriage is not on good, solid grounds, you know, you may be fighting just as hard as the litigant is against you in getting those assets back into your name. But but titling assets in other people's names is something that you it, it, it's down the pecking order, but it's something that you'd want to consider. You know, another thing that we do for the, the really extreme wealthy people is start talking about asset stripping uh, type of uh, or equity stripping type of processes or setting up their own personal liability or own insurance company. Uh, there's many times that we'll create a, uh, an actual insurance company for the proper person. Even though that strategy may not be appropriate for many people, it's nice knowing that it's there and there's ways that we can use that that private insurance company to protect those liabilities and build a wall against your assets. Um, and then, you know, talking about, you know, gifts and inheritance, you know, structuring them properly so that a creditor can't get to those. I mean, those are some nice strategies that we'll go through to make sure we've dotted the I's, crossed the T's to, to make sure that 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 person's assets, that wall is built appropriately for them. Sure. And it's nice, Brian, to know that there are a range of different strategies and solutions that can be implemented in this process, some foundational, some next level, and that's great. Right. But when when we're talking about some of those next level strategies, Brian, and this is kind of goes back to a conversation we've had in, in past episodes on this show, and that is working with the right set of expertise and that team mm -hmm. of professionals around you. When we're dealing with those next level strategies, boy, does it help to have that right team, you know, with those varying professionals of, of different different expertise levels. Uh, Brian, how would you say somebody should be tapping into the right expertise and, uh, you know, in order to make sure that they're implementing the proper asset protection solutions uh, overall for themselves and, and you know, their well-being, really? Yeah, that's a great question, Ryan, because, you know, working with the right professional team is so critical. And when it comes to this type of, of, of planning, it is so specialized that there's not a lot of financial professionals out there that have this expertise, or you know they may have a referral system in play. You want to you want to get into the weeds and 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 go through a lot of questions and answers before you go in and say, hey, I'm I'm willing to take your referral on face value and go forward. You want to you want to question that person and and make sure that they truly have the skill base to be able to get into the weeds on these insurance programs to get in into the weeds on some of the strategies that you've put into play to make sure that they can give you that overall guidance and counsel and know that that plan that's in place is going to work if a situation happens in the future. And I can't stress enough that that's such a specialized area and uh, you want to make sure you're working with the right team of people to do that. Of course, of course. And Brian, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head here on today's show, uh, you know, we talk a lot about the proper strategies, solutions that exist out there, you know, mm -hmm. recommendations almost of, of some great, you know, thought processes that should be in place for obviously today talking about asset protection. But I think it's equally as important to talk about some of the mistakes or the things that get overlooked when it comes to these topics that we talk about on this show. So what would you say then, Brian, are some of the asset protection planning mistakes or things that somebody should be on the lookout for and make sure that they don't avoid or make sure they do avoid? Well, you know, an, an easy example is, let's say we, we have a real estate developer 
Well, usually, typically, one of the things that they do is they'll first set up an LLC to protect the, the that particular asset to make sure that anything that happens that only that that entity can be taken away from them and it doesn't get into the rest of their assets. And they look at that from a professional standpoint. But let's say there's a personal situation where let's say the guy goes and, and has a DUI and he kills three people or his kid borrows the car and goes left of center and, and, and runs into a, a, a school bus full of kids and, and hurts a lot of those kids. That's a personal liability and those LLCs would not give him the proper protection that those assets could be brought back into that litigation and be taken away from him. So yeah, it's nice to have basics, but you want to make sure that you look at it from all different aspects, both professional and from a business, a, a personal standpoint and a business standpoint to make sure that regardless of what happens, all of the assets are properly protected. And that's a very easy common mistake that we see with a lot of people when they they do they, they buy a rental property and they put an LLC in play to protect it. Well, that's fine, but it doesn't really protect that asset from a lot of other aspects. And so that's that's kind of some of the things we get into discussions with them on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so much to consider when it comes to asset protection, which is why it's always valuable to to speak with, you know, a team of, of professionals, really, or, or your close advisor in this when going through this process. And, and Brian, for those out there in our audience today, they're hearing this conversation on asset protection, and maybe they're thinking to themselves, oh, maybe I should be doing more, like we addressed at the top of the show. So many people are aware they need to, they're just not necessarily taking that sure. action that they should be taking. Well, Brian, let's say they're interested in taking that first step, taking mm -hmm. that action. And maybe that's starting with a conversation with you and your team, opening up a dialogue, seeing what exists in the realm of possibilities for themselves, their business, their plan. What would be the best way they could get in touch with you guys to, like I said, just open up a dialogue? Well, they can always give our office a call. Our phone number is 937-426-3836. We'll be more than happy to schedule a, a strategy consultation with them to get an understanding of what their concerns are and what potential strategies may be appropriate for them to consider. Uh, they can go to our website and, and uh, which is www.spicerwealth.com. And, and, you know, there's a, a, a scheduling link there that they can always get to get contact with that way. So either one of those work and, you know, we'll be more than happy to be responsive to them uh, in, in their future needs. Oh, fantastic. Well, Brian, look, I know you're a busy guy. You've got clients to take care of, so we'll let you get back to doing that. But I, uh, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to jump into this pretty meaty topic, asset protection. So much goes into this, a lot of conversations, a lot of good value in these conversations, especially around asset protection. But I uh, appreciate you and your time, and uh, I'll see you back here on the next one. All right. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Alrighty. Hey, look, and we want to say one final goodbye and thank you to our audience. We appreciate you guys stopping by and being with us here on the show today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you benefited from it in any way, shape or form, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. So you never miss out on a future conversation between Brian and I, you know, and also go ahead and share this information with any friends, family, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of discussions. You know, I've said it once before and I'll continue to say it, you know, Brian and I are really just taking the strategies, the solutions, the conversations he's having with his clients over at Spicer Wealth and we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. So if you go ahead and subscribe to the channel and the show on whichever platform, you know, you'll be able to make sure you never miss out on a potentially beneficial conversation for you and yours. 
So for Brian, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on today's installment of the Retirement Playbook.